0: Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Not Knowing About Poetry where we entertain ourselves by talking in detail about poetry without knowing all that much about it. I'm Joel Swan and while I'm sitting here in Manchester today I'll be joined by Shima Imshir who's reaching us from Istanbul.
1: Hello Joel, hello everyone.
0: Hello Shima, nice to have you here. At the moment, the big question I'm trying to answer is something like, what do modern poets get from Renaissance texts? And I wonder, Shima, is that a poem? Is that a question that you've already got a really clear answer to?
1: Um, no, not really. But I think this is, um, that is why I think our choices for today's podcast are very good for that because I think uh, one of our poets is exactly asking that very question, that why she finds a Renaissance poet inspiring for her own work.
0: Right, absolutely. And I think um, a lot of modern poets do use Renaissance texts one way or another, but I think what we've got today uh, is some great examples of um, a poet really actively seeking out that older poet to do something with. Okay, so the, the we're going to be trying to answer that question, what do modern poets get from Renaissance texts? And um, we've done some planning, and Shima very helpfully suggested that we look at some poems by the American poet, Anne Bradstreet, who lived from around 1612 to 1672, and the Irish poet, Evan Boland, born in Dublin in 1944, and who very sadly died in that city earlier this year, having spent many years spending life between Dublin and Palo Alto in California. So I'm not an expert on Boland, but I do know she wrote extensively on the role of women poets in a very patriarchal Irish literary tradition. Uh, And she examined a deep and sustained interest in Anne Bradstreet through her essay, Finding Anne Bradstreet, and a poem becoming Anne Bradstreet. Um, And we're going to be looking at that poem in detail today. But in the essay, which is really, really worth reading, that finding Anne Bradstreet, she wrote how she was interested in the actual process of reconstruction in the clear and unclear motives with which a poet from the present goes to find one from the past and uh, I'm still quoting, therefore in the actions and choices that have the power to turn a canon into something less authoritarian and more enduring from a set text into a living tradition. And perhaps it's something um, like that, something of that spirit that we'll be uh, reading her poems with today and hopefully some more in the future. Um, so we're going to start with Anne Bradstreet, um, a quite a big name in early modern women's writing, but I've had to do my homework on her for this session. Uh, And we're going to be looking at her poem called The Author to Her Book, which was first printed at the front of her collection, The Tenth Muse, um, published in 1650 in England. Bradstreet had emigrated from England to America in 1630 with her husband and parents, along with many, many Puritan families that would make that same journey. So um, Evan Boland and other women writers like Adrienne Rich comment on how Bradstreet's early poetry uh, talks on quite public things like theology and politics and history. Uh, But later on, and maybe her more exciting verse, is where she she talks about more personal and and intimate experiences. Uh, And I feel, uh, Shima, like the the author to her book is a really interesting one because it's it's definitely on the. uh it's it's kind of balanced right between those two things isn't it like it's about public life but it's also about intimate feelings and sort of personal feelings is it, do you think that's fair to say
1: yeah yeah and i think it's the um it's exactly about that transformation as well um you have written your work in your private space and suddenly it is in the public view. And the entire poem is about, you know, the uh, thing. You,
0: you cut up a moment there. You said sud- suddenly it is in.
1: Oh, sorry. Um, it is. I mean, suddenly it is in the public view. It used to be something that was private to you and now people can read it. And, and the anxiety that comes with it, I think yeah. it captures that transformation really, really well.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I think, and I think it, it it captures something like that. That maybe is 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 a feeling that could go um, across any um, period of history, but it, it does that in quite an interesting way, uh, and maybe in ways that connect to other early modern poetry. Uh, so what we're going to see, and we're we're going to read it in literally a few seconds. What we're going to see is a poem that expresses um, really quite extreme modesty about that author's output. Mm-hmm. Um, And you could compare that modesty with lots of other people. It's quite a common thing to say, oh, you know, I feel so bad about my poems. Um, But as we'll see later with Boland's poem, um, she asks us to look at Anne Bradstreet's text uh, and how it uses the language of domestic femininity to confront the authoritarianism of patriarchal Puritan uh, New England, that, that land in which she uh, found herself. Okay, so I will. What we're going to do? I'm going to read through the poem, um, and I think we're going to aim to spend about twenty minutes talking about it. Just going through really uh, stanza by stanza, or line by line in this case, because there aren't any stanzas. Um, and hopefully that will that will be enough to kind of get some ideas out. And then we'll move on to Boland and see what Boland had to say about it. All right. So this is Anne Bradstreet's poem the author to her book from 1650. Thou ill-formed offspring of my feeble brain, who after birth didst by my side remain till snatched from thence by friends, less wise than true, who the abroad exposed to public view, made thee in rags halting to the press to trudge where errors were not lessened all may judge as at thy return my blushing was not small my rambling brat in print should mother call i cast thee by as one unfit for light thy visage was so irksome in my sight yet being mine own at length affection would thy blemishes amend if so i could I washed thy face, but more defects I saw, and rubbing off a spot, still made a flaw. I stretched thy joints to make thee even feet, yet still thou runst more hobbling than is meet. In better dress to trim thee was my mind, but naught save homespun cloth in the house I find. In this array, amongst vulgars mayst thou roam, in critics' hands beware thou dost not come, and take thy way where yet thou art not known. If for thy father asked, say, thou hadst none; and for thy mother, she, alas, is poor, which caused her thus to send thee out of door. So I, I, I like this more every time I read it. Um, mm. So should we just get get started at the start and just see what we've we've picked up from, from looking at that? Yes, uh,
1: definitely.
0: So. What's she talking about? Thou else formed offspring of my feeble brain, who after birth did by my side remain. So she's comparing her book to a child, mm-hmm. but in quite a uh, uh, normal way, surprising way
1: yeah yeah definitely it's um the poems the work is likened to a child of course but also it is not the kind of child that you would be proud of it's it's the ill-formed offspring it is um almost the kind of child that she is ashamed about who after birth did by my side remain it's like like a little secret you know this this little child living in the house by her side
0: yeah yeah and it's and it's it's, it's interesting that phrase ill-formed that it's it's like a secret but it's like an ugly secret or yeah. a a, dis- a disabled um a secret I mean it'll, it, it doesn't sound very nice what she's saying yeah um as if she's got to hide this this thing away um that's come out of her and is so sort of horrible um but also it's I guess maybe a word that we, we kind of need to recognise is there is this modesty of saying my feeble brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if Anne Bradstreet really thought that. I kind of hope not. That would be a shame if you thought her mind was feeble. I don't think it was. Um, but obviously, her, you know, her own sense of modesty is, is being passed on to this offspring's um, you know, secret uh, hideousness. Um okay but then that secret secretness and I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that word Shima. I, I wasn't thinking about it but it is a secret isn't it um till snatched from thence by friends less wise than true who the abroad exposed to public view so that's really sort of different now things have changed in the first two lines right
1: yeah um i mean you when we talked about these poems earlier you were um Paying attention to the word "snatch," of course. Um, but this this child now we can go back to it later. But this child that she was hiding um, is now. Um, oh, it
0: looks a bit like you've gone a little bit crackly again, Shima.
1: Um, I'm I'm not entirely sure why did that is no. happening. Oh, well, don't worry. Um, just it, just try just
0: try again, and we'll we'll listen even harder this time.
1: Okay. Uh, apologies for any connection problems um, but yeah, so I was gonna say um, this the secret that she was keeping by her side uh, since the birth it's now um, exposed to public view as if um, it, this child is something to see with its ugliness almost it is like let's let's and um, because the word she uses that expose is quite interesting exposed to public view it's like people are looking at this thing now yes. Um and of course, Houdini abroad, um we you know from the he, he um, literary historians who work on Anne Street that um the, the works were published for the first time in in England. So you know she can't even be uh, part of that exposure, you know, it's the people are looking at it abroad. Um so yeah, it is um quite quite a terrifying scene. Yeah, and I think,
0: well, and I guess, yeah, with with exposed to public view, I think that's a nice phrase to pick up on. Um, And maybe I I do want to say something about that, but maybe it's just worth mentioning. um, Like this is this is kind of a metaphor The the snatched from thence by friends. um, This is a kind of metaphor for dissemination. So it's it's uh, not unknown in this period that an author will say you know i didn't want to publish my poems uh-huh. especially for women i didn't want to publish my poems uh but this person they just decided okay i want to publish them so they they, they stole them you know from from manuscripts they, they they got them and put them through print so that's the claim she's making it again it may not be true she may have been totally happy with this going through um the printing press um but that's the idea that she's kind of getting into that those that she's a reluctant Uh author she didn't want to go public with her writing um but with it and with exposed public view i think yeah that that public view you're you're almost talking about like a sort of circus or Uh show or something like i don't really like to use those kinds of expressions when we're talking about human beings um but that's the sort of uh way of thinking about her text that she seems to be going in for mm-hmm. uh, and exposed I, I can't get this word of secret out of my mind now that you've mentioned it That it's it's like a um a scandal almost yeah you know to, ex- to be exposed i don't know um if that's if i'm saying that historically accurately but um you know this life she's had uh, giving birth to this child maybe i don't know maybe an illicit child i don't know um exposed almost something scandalous about putting this text out in the uh out in the world um what do you do you want to, what, what what should we carry on
1: um, um yeah yeah i i certainly agree with you the, the the image that appears in my head when i read those lines are also like it's almost like um you know exposing this child with a, you know there's a sheet on the child's head and you're like take, taking the sheet away and exposing it to public view it's it's very <laughs> crude um, imagery but yes as, as you said we don't know whether this is um, the humility that she is um, this humbleness that she is hiding behind um, does she yeah we, we, we will never know but I, I do think that we do know exactly what she's talking about here in terms of how one feels about their own works so it's quite quite yeah. a familiar we- feeling
0: <laughs> it, it is, it is actually, yeah. Um, you know, and not all of us are as good at writing as Anne Bradstreet was. Um, so carrying on. Uh, so this child, this this ill-formed offspring. Um, These friends made thee in rags, halting to the press to trudge, where errors were not lessened or made judge. At thy return my blushing was not small, my rambling brat should mother call um so that that phrase halting to the halting to the press um we're talking about the printing press aren't we uh that's the press that the the offspring is going towards and halting um would be l- l- like s- slightly wobbly sort of walking um okay. not really capable of of fluently working on on walking on its own um so it's just taken off one step at a time to this this printing press trudging over to the printing press um you yeah, know how do you feel when you're meant to tr- made to trudge somewhere have you been made to trudge anywhere recently uh, shima
1: um every time i go out during the pandemic i guess
0: yeah i guess we trudge trudge down to the shops yeah uh try to avoid um catching any any virus um and what so these rags, these errors. Um, what do you think is important there? Uh, I mean, something to talk to talk about the errors of the child. That's or the, or the errors of the text. That's quite a common sort of phrase, mm-hmm. word to put on a text. Um, yeah, I, I quite guess
1: like that. She's um, using um, the phrase uh, "made in rags." Um, it's as if. Mm. You know, this it's it's quite quite a domestic thing to say as well. Um yeah. it's some it's almost like she is at home creating this like voodoo voodoo child. Yeah. Um where errors with with errors, of course, because she 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 made it in, in rags.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think actually you're absolutely right, aren't you, that that, that those rags does start to give us that kind of domestic register. Um, this sort of uh, territory of the the home where a woman would be expected to do certain things Um, and I think one uh, I think quite I think quite famous but interesting phrase she has in another poem is uh, from the poem um, another poem from the 10th muse um, where she says I am obnoxious This is Anne Bradstreet. I am obnoxious to each carping tongue who says my hand a needle better fits. Mm -hmm. So its pen all scorn I should thus wrong. So um, I guess with this metaphor it's sort of putting that that women's work and this work she's doing as a poet into the same thing. It's not like there's these two totally separate things she's uh, forsaken her work, or well, maybe she has forsaken her work. She's doing a bit badly, um, but like in this account, writing a poem and um, doing some of your housework come out of the same sort of language.
1: Yes, definitely, and and um, it's like a almost like a wink at the possible criticism that she's expecting as well due to being a woman poet um, this this expectation where she's um she's she's expecting them to say oh a, a woman's hand it's um it you know a needle fits fits it better than a than a pen and she's um she's doing something quite um quite quite um i almost like challenging the possible future criticism there as well like made the in rags with with, with needles
0: yeah or at least or at least sort of preempting it you know yeah. it's like if you send someone if you've done a piece of writing and you send it to someone and you say look this is terrible don't mm. hate me um you know but then that person can't quite so easily say they hate it mm. um so she it's interesting that she's already yeah that she's certainly engaging with that that potential opposition yeah. um about about what a woman's role would be um and it, okay so i i i carried on i carried on reading a bit more um at, thy, at the, but i think we we need to read it again because it's a different thought when she says at thy return my blushing was not small my rambling brat in print should mother call i cast thee by as one unfit for light thy visage was so irksome in my sight uh so this is the usual kind of language that parents talk about their beloved children yeah with, isn't it or or maybe maybe not
1: yeah it is it is um, it's quite funny as well my rambling brat should mother call it's um um I, I mean it is again um it's this nervous nervous parent about about the works and um yeah it's 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 brilliant
0: yeah i mean and, and i mean i i, I feel like i might go a bit more a bit further than um uh, sort of nervous cuz it it seems quite contemptuous really <laughs> like the i mean and the blushing maybe is is maybe where i actually find that most clear like uh-huh. um to say that okay to say that the child is rambling you know just droning on and on about things or to say that it's irksome it's annoying okay um well you know lots of kids are like that but this idea of the mother blushing and actually being embarrassed about this existence um it's quite it's interesting and I, I mean I suppose what I'm what I'm already sort of struggling with a little bit here is that we're talk. you know are we sat here talking about this as if it's her child and forgetting that it's about her her book
1: yeah uh, definitely
0: you know, is she is she really inviting us to see those things as identical? I mm-hmm. I don't actually know. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, that's that's um, that's that's a great thing to remember because, um, of course, like at the start as well. Yes, she's likening the poems to to a child, but at the same time. They are the children of her feeble brain. So w- whatever is wrong with these things, with these um, little brats, as she call call it, call them, um, they are sh- exposing their brain. Mm. You know, they're exposing her her own brain. So that's 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 quite scary.
0: Exposing her to the world, yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, and I think we're we're just getting on to we've got still got a few more minutes, but I think the next bit is quite important for okay. for what Boland's going to say. Um, so maybe I'll just read a little bit longer this time, because um, she starts saying um, so. She this child comes this this book, um, you know she sees the proofs or something and wants to 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 improve it. Yeah. So she says, "Thy blemishes amend, if so I could. You know, I'll I'll make improvements to the way you look if I could." And she says. I washed thy face, but more defects I saw, and rubbing off a spot still made a flaw. I stretched thy joints to make thee even feet, yet still thou runst more hobbling than is meat. In better, trim, in better dress to trim thee was my mind, but naught save homespun cloth in the house I find. So maybe it's just getting into a bit more pace there that yeah. she's got this idea of improving the, the child, improving the book. Through these three metaphors of, of washing, of stretching, um, which my footnotes tell me was a a common practice at the time, It's not one I've heard of. But um, stretching children's limbs to to uh, or babies' limbs to help them um, with their growth, um, and then thirdly to to go back to those to those rags, to go back to the needle, um, the the better the better dress, the better clothing to to put. On you, yeah. Um, so three interesting, three interesting little metaphors there. So washing your face, stretching your limbs, putting more clothes on you. Um, do you feel does any one of those stand out to you as being like more provocative or suggestive or unusual or surprising than any of the others?
1: Um, not not necessarily. I guess it's just um. I feel like this is um I don't know like Frankenstein goes back to, the, the, the monster of Frankenstein goes back home and you know like um you know you're trying to make this thing better and it's just not quite um and it you know the frustration is giving really cleverly the more you look at it the, the more faults you see with it um the, the changes you make just you know the, those changes make it even worse um so it is um you know it's like um it's it's an excellent um i i it's it's a. I don't know it's um I, I i quite like what she's doing there with the with with the anxiety of yeah. of being published
0: and i like the idea of frankenstein as well because again, of course you know we're 200 years too early but yeah of course there is there is that feeling of um of a very material creation of a, of a, of a, of another human being, Mm -hmm. but, um, like saying, you know, rubbing off a spot still made a flaw, like, um, you know, I think we, at the start of the poem, it sounded like, you know, it's, it's an ill-formed offspring, you know, they, they, they've got physical problems from the start, but then washing your face, well, that's a different sort of repair, that's a different sort of change, like, is this washing meant? You're rubbing so hard that you want to actually change the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that, That's maybe what brings me to that Frankenstein comparison, is like this kind of very bodily mm-hmm. uh, language that comes through in stretching your joints as well. Yeah. Um, and and, perhaps and that's
1: one, one thing that is incredibly obvious here, um, of course, but, you know, again, perhaps it's useful to remember it that, you know, when, when we talked about rags, for instance, um, we, we we paid attention to the idea of you know um, a woman belongs to a needle rather than a pen idea um mm. and in here of course she's um doing another thing with that you know idea of like domesticity and she's likening her works to to a child again you know she, she's also a mother mm. you know here yeah. like she's the mother of these poems uh, again she's therefore using something um, um she's using um, the figure of the child again the figure that would, be classified as specifically, you know, um, belonging to the realm of women's lives.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think, and and I'm just, yeah, I'm just sort of trying to kind of think this through and like why you would use that metaphor. And I quite, I mean, what's striking here is that, is that contempt is her, okay, her her sense of inadequacy uh, Uh at um, motherhood, but like this this kid who we have got snatched from her and then who comes back who the then tries to do something with um, it's it, it's less like a matter of birth even though that's sort of what she said at the start in Offspring mm-hmm. um, it's less a matter of birth and more like just lo- looking after this this thing this object that's being passed around and I guess that's where the the overlap with publication is that uh-huh. uh, you know the important thing about giving birth to a book is that you, it then goes off into the world um, yeah. rather than the, rather than that you just own it forever and maybe with that in mind let's just read to the end and maybe and maybe just emphasize those lines because we're going to hear those again later about yeah. um mm-hmm. not saving homespun cloth in the house i find so the only clothing she could get a hold of for this mm-hmm. uh, book was Homespun, you know, so the stuff that she knew and experienced maybe made herself, um, you know, so we can see how that would apply to poetry if you're only using the ideas and experiences you've got to hand. Um, It's not necessarily a limitation; it's just a technique. Um, So. The last few lines of the poem. Let's read. Let's um, have them all together. Oh, sorry, before to we play? go
1: there, can I just add one thing about those yeah. lines? Yeah. Um, perhaps something should be said about uh, mind and finders as well. Um, in better dress, a trim diva's my mind, but not save homespun cloth in the house I find. It's like, yes, in the house, you know, there's that metaphor uh, is going around about, um, you know, you're trying to dress your child with better clothes but you can't really much you can't find much in the house but also okay going back to the reality of things she's also trying to make these poems better and so it's also that mine and fine i quite like she's also looking in her own mind how she can make mm. these poems better and she just can't find the right tools or the right ideas
0: yeah and so and i like this in better trim to dressy was my mind um my intention, my hope, yeah, uh, my plan. Um, that is an important phrase, isn't it? Because, like, you know, it's not like she could just take any choice she wanted to. Um, okay, Fab. Let's let's have a look at the last bit, and then and then wrap, move to Boland. Um, so the last bit she says is okay in this array. Amongst vulgar's mayest thou roam, Uh, so you can just you can go and meet like ordinary people. But in critics' hands beware thou dost not come, and take thy way way where yet thou art not known. If for thy father asked, say thou hadst none, and for thy mother she alas is poor, which caused her thus to send thee out of door. And that's I find that last phrase like out of door quite a you know that's quite a quite a bold thing to do to a young child isn't it um that you know just 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 sending them away I mean we're kind of what it reminds me of is like someone like Mole Flanders who 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 abandons her kids for um you know out of material need and like uh, a lot of young people when they read that are kind of shocked by it but it's maybe maybe no big deal for uh, or a slightly different deal at this sort of period in history um but I, yeah but I guess I'm thinking of that in terms of a child but like how I mean how should I think about that sort of that out of door that orphanness? if we think about it as a book instead of a, a child how does that translate in the metaphor
1: um I think um, this um, the, the the answer to that question. I think is what Evan Bolan will be discussing in her poem as well. Because um, what Bradstreet Street uh, sends out of doors, of course, um, that is what Iván Bolan finds in her house in Dublin Street. Right. So you know, one yep. one goes out of the door and then it appears in in, in Dublin and wherever. And Brett Street's um, books are gonna be. And so, you know, that's, I, I quite like that imagery. It's now, you know, you belong to the world now. You know, you, you you go out, if somebody asks anything, if the critics ask anything, just lie to them, say that, you know, my my, my mom was poor, hence, you know, she needed to send me out.
0: Well, well, look, you know, you, you're kind of pushing us towards Bodhan, and I think that's kind of perfect timing, because this is about the moment when we do want to switch over and, and have a look at her poem. Um, so let's, should we put Bradstreet to sleep for the moment? We'll... Yes, yes. Oh, but not forgotten. Um, and we'll move 400 years forwards to talk about uh, Boland's poem, Becoming Ad Bradstreet. Uh, and this poem was, was written as part of an exhibition at the Folger Shakespeare Library in Washington, D.C., uh, which is really one of the sort of most important re- Renaissance research centres in the world. Uh, and then it first appeared in print, in a pamphlet in 2012 called Shakespeare's Sisters Women Writers Bridge Five Centuries um, where it appeared among works by Rita Dove, Maxine Cumin, and Elizabeth Nunez. Uh, so uh, do you want to read this one for us Um uh,
1: Yes yes of course um, I hope my connection doesn't fail me here but yes so here I go. Becoming Anne Bradstreet, it happens again as soon as I take down her book and open it I turn the page, my skies rise higher and hang young, younger stars. The ship's rail freezes. Mare Hibernicum leads to Andra Street's coast. A blackbird leaves her pine trees and lands in my spruce trees. I open my door on a Dublin street. Her child, her words are staring up at me. In better dress to trim divas, my mind, but not save homespun cloth in a house I find. We say home truths because her words can be at home anywhere, at the source, at the end and whenever. The book lies open and I am again an Irish poet watching an English woman become an American poet.
0: All right, great, thank you. Um, so all about someone finding this this interest and enthusiasm for for, for, for an earlier poet. Though actually, I say enthusiasm, there isn't a lot of enthusiasm there. But it's it's very, um, you know, committed, clearly. Um, so, do we want to start at the top again?
1: Mm, yes, yes, certainly. So it happens again as soon as I take down her book and open it. Mm this is um, I mean it is it is again a beautiful way to start this poem Um, it happens again it's um, you know going back to the quotation you read uh, early on from um, that brilliant essay that Yvonne Bolan wrote about Anne Brest where she was saying um, it's about turning uh, a text from a set text into a living tradition and, and i and i sort of feel like this is part partially what this poem is about as well it, it happens again every time it is a living being happens again and again every time you sit wherever you are um and open and Brett streets book
0: and i think i mean i yeah it's, it's 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 weird and interesting and challenging that that like um that idea which I, i'm prepared to take quite seriously um you know my my kind of uh, default reaction to kind of reading and, and responding to poetry is to, you know, take a poem and look at it in detail and say, oh, what does it mean? Um, but the fact of saying, as soon as I take down her book, there's, there's more to it than close reading. Uh, I think that, that is obviously part of it. But um, by saying it's, it's simply the book, owning the book, possessing the book, reading the book, um, it's almost the fact that Anne Bradstreet lived, and had a a um, something like a career writing poetry not not really a career but something like one, and published it and it's been remembered for for centuries. Those facts are are like important facts, aren't they? Maybe that's I mean maybe that's what it means when we say you know. It, it, I take down her book, it's not, op- it's not reading a poem, but it's engaging with that tradition. Um, that, yeah, and I, I guess when we, when we use that phrase, living tradition, I feel really sort of worried and I just think living, what does that mean in this case? But it feels like in this case, it's um, the, the, the fact of that predecessor is, a, is itself giving life to, to this contemporary Irish poet. And An yeah. Irish woman poet.
1: Yeah, and it's about, it's like, um, it's almost like giving life to you. The, the act of reading is also something that, um, A, perhaps makes the, the book uh, be alive again, but also it's almost like in here, this this book is um, almost like a portal, almost functions as a portal. It happens again. Every time I open this book, That there, there, there I am. Again, it takes me to wherever it is taking me to, Again, it's almost like this magic device that suddenly takes us to and um, and an yes. Red Street. And um, and I suppose, I mean, I think maybe one of the things that we should talk about is the um, title of the poem as well, yes. um, becoming. Yes. And which which will be more important as we as we keep on reading the po- poem. of course. But I mean, it's um, it's not just a simple act of sitting and reading. But there is some sort of movements by by reading these these poems. You you are moved by them. To yeah. somewhere, to, to some feeling, to some person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, yeah, and, and, and I think it's, it's interesting that her, her essay was called Finding Anne Bradstreet. And then this is called Becoming Anne Bradstreet. Yeah. Um, and maybe, again, that's maybe that's just an idea where we, we, you know, I don't I don't like that phrase living tradition. But if we want to think of a better one, maybe a living tradition means becoming someone else um you've got someone else to become so uh someone like Evan Boland can become Anne Bradstreet if she wants to and that's what a living tradition is um but we will come to that word again uh, as we go on I want to move on but I also just want to say when we look when I look at that those two lines again we've been doing a lot of kind of uh cheerful gushing about those two lines which I'm totally fine with but like it happens again it is also a it is quite a neutral statement or even quite a negative statement it happens again as soon as i take down her book and open it i turn the page we might ask what is going to happen in this case my skies rise higher and hang younger stars the ship's rail freezes Mara Hibernicum and bradstreet's coast so we've given three sentences that maybe build up some suspense about what it means and then we get some some idea of what it means. And is it all totally fine, totally like brilliant, gushing? Isn't Anne Bradstreet lovely? Not really.
1: Um, no not really. I think um especially with these three lines, my my skies rise higher and hang younger stars. Perhaps yeah. um it's worthwhile to remember here the the, the sentences that um, the, the famous sentences that um, Anne Bradstreet wrote about moving to the new world, and um, I'll, I'll I'll quote her her sentences here. I came into this country where I found a new world, and new manners, at which my heart rose. Yeah. So I think like ugh, some few few things happening here. Um, Um, This, you know, uh, my skies rise higher um, can be um, a a wink at that sentence by um, Anne Bradstreet as well, that the heart's rising. Um, And um, it's given that Anne Bradstreet was also writing those lines about moving to a new world. um, It's as if I feel that that's how I read these lines, as if like, as soon as uh, Ivan Bolan sits down and Turns the pages and starts reading uh, Bradstreet's poetry. She she is now encountering a new world as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My skies rise higher and hang younger stars. And also again, the, these 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 poems um, functioning almost like like a portal. Um, not only that, but also we we, we are taking the sea voyage. Yeah. We are we are uh, passing through the, the Irish Sea which will lead us to, Andre Bradstreet's coast.
0: And I quite, I mean, what I'm, I, 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 the more I look at that line, my skies rise higher and hang younger stars. Um, I, the more I look at that, the more I like it. And I really love that connection you brought out with with the um, Bradstreet quotation. Was it, and it's, it's, did you get that from Adrian Rich? Was that, was that? Or, or was um, that Both, else?
1: both Ivan Boland uh, okay. quotes that those lines and and also Angie and Rich but both of them
0: do that. Yeah okay well I th- I bet if we if we go and do a lot of reading on Anne Bradstreet we'd find loads of interesting stuff but that's a really nice line to connect um I, and but I'm also I am drawn to that line the ship's rail freezes mm-hmm. um and what I guess what I imagine there is this this voyage across the sea from from the old from old England to New England where presumably it was really cold um i think i read that Uh, i can't quite remember now um but you know the the support hanging onto the ship's rail while you're on the deck looking out looking into the future um there's something uh cold hostile unpleasant about hanging on to that which it it may and it maybe, maybe says to me that you know this journey that Anne Bradstreet had from 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 England to America, which is is important for 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 Evan Boland, uh, and is important for 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 American women poets as well, or at least uh, <laughs> white women poets especially. Um, that that there isn't an idea it, in that process. There isn't an idealization. Yes, my I think my skies rise higher. Yeah, I think that's kind of an idealization. I'm cool with that. Um, the ship's rail freezes. That feels. Um, much more, much more visceral, and uh, you know, potentially painful, and 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 it evokes those hardships um, that this transition would have to go through. And maybe that's not what's being foregrounded in the poem as a whole, but it's certainly there. So am I am I like am I on the right lines? I feel like I'm doing a lot of work with this one line: the ship's rail freezes. Do you think that's appropriate or?
1: yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i'm i i'm definitely um agreeing with you on all that i i also um think maybe like the the the, the word choice freeze, can be um you know it, it, if if you pay you know if, if you focus on that word more and more it also i can't believe this um but you know the 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 idea of like being frozen and um, it's something that you know it, it's it's um, freezing something. It, it is something that we do in order to preserve something as well. Um, so may, maybe you know I have no other proof for this but uh, other than you know that that single word there but it's almost like you know also that journey itself and Brett Street's own experience, the, the, the voyage, the experience of the new world. You know it is something also slightly like frozen there as well in her works and we are Unpacking that every time you read Ambra Street, so it might be perhaps as um, an allusion to that as well. But again, I might be doing an overreading here too. So,
0: apologies. Yeah, but it's but it's it's suggestive Whereas clearly, you know, clearly, uh, Voland has got this, this this very strong commitment to 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 Street's work. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it, it it's clear as well that it's not just naive, positive. Um, Stuff. It's you know she's 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 thinking about it too. Yeah. Um. So let's let's kind of, let's move down because it's it's it is interesting. So Mare Mare Habana comes to the Irish Sea, leads to An Street's coast. A blackbird leaves her pine trees and land in my spruce trees. And I, I, regime, let's, let's quietly move past that. Cause like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to admit to you. I don't quite understand what the difference is here between the pines and the spruces. Um, let, let's just move on and, and agree to not know about that for the moment. Does that sound okay?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, both, both is an interesting, uh, road choice there, um, which you, yes, have some ideas about, I think, but yes, of course we can.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Well, let's see it. Let's, we'll come back to it. If we've got time later. Oh. And because it's, the, it's, I think it's just then that we do get the the words that really plunge us back to the close reading. And it's not just about the book. It's now about the words as well. Yeah. I opened I, I open my door on a Dublin street, her child, her words are staring up at me in better dress to trim thee was my mind. But nought save homespun cloth in the house I find.
1: Yeah, this is. So um, how would
0: you explain those two little stanzas?
1: Ah, uh, it's it's um, it's beautiful. So it is um, this is the point where I think we are. Um, now it's it's perhaps worthwhile and important to go back to the last lines of again, uh, Anne Brett Street's poem, the author to her book. Um, and she was, the last line of the poem was, which caused her dust to send thee out of doors. Um, and if, for instance, we can claim that, um, and Brett Streets, the author to her book, is a poem about sending your child, your products, your works, your poems, out to the world for people to read. Now, this is the moment Ivan Bolan uh, finds uh this child, these words, these these poems, at our door. You know, some one one poet sends the works out of the door and the other one finds them.
0: And you know what? I like lo- I like that idea that um maybe what I'd expect from this uh is like saying, oh I'm Bradstreet, I love you so much. I want to be just like you, blah blah blah. But it's it's actually that's not the connection that she's making. It's it's about it's, the, the the connection is based on a, uh, a, a some kind of mediator, which is of course the words. You know, the words are the mediation between uh-huh. past and present. They stand in the middle between the the poet right now and the poet back then. Um, so, to to beca- maybe to become a poet, Anne Bradstreet had to you know send her send her child her words. I like that little that close expression that slash her child her words, out into the world, um, and for Boland to to build on that, it isn't about connecting just with a historical person, no. but it's about connecting through her child her words.
1: Definitely, and and also if um, let's say. Um, if if we can claim that um, and Brad Street's poem is also about you know this 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 experience and the feeling nervous about people reading your works, uh, Ivan Bolan's poem partially is about reading those works. Yeah, you know yeah. one 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 is about being read and the other one can be about about reading those works.
0: Yeah, and I I mean what. I guess what I, what appeals to me more and more in this poem is like these sort of different metaphors for reading and then we we get to this child image and okay so Anne Bradstreet really went for the image of the child you know that that ill-formed offspring that was her whole poem was was about this this child but for, for Bowden it's actually it's actually just one image I think that's fair to say isn't it among many um, of the the orphan child just standing in the street uh, and I love how abrupt these changes are that it's like almost an insistence on not developing a single idea but letting them accumulate together to create something so yes this poetry could be a blackbird flying yes um, it's like a sky rising higher and me seeing further horizons but okay. at the same time it's about opening this door into a very weird little child staring up at you, don't you? I mean, I just—that's I mean, I, I, quite a visual uh, image, isn't it? That you—you you open the door and there the child is. Was it invited? Was it sent? Were you expecting it? Uh, is it a surprise? Or all of those things?
1: Yeah. What do you think about staring up at me? It's not—it's um, not like you find the child. It's just the child is looking directly at you. That's also yeah quite um because like clearly the child expects something from you right you don't stare up at someone um so that's quite um almost you know cute and also quite quite an it can be an intimidating thing as well yeah
0: I like that and I, I feel like I was saying okay now we're going into like close reading and it sort of is but actually that helps explain about why it happens again as soon as I take down her book the okay. words stare up right you know that again the fact of the existence of a woman in the 17th century producing really pretty good poetry and getting it out into the world that fact is staring up at you
1: yeah yeah that's yeah definitely yeah and
0: and yeah surely that's an intimidating experience um you know the the responsibility to become a a poet to become in this case an Irish woman poet that responsibility isn't just something that comes from um you know creative imaginative dreams and you know messing around with creative writing mm-hmm. um but it comes from like an injunction that you've got to do this staring up at me you know if if a yeah I you know I don't I don't really spend much time with children but like if a dog stares up at you you know you better give that dog a little scratch on the head yeah um sorry that's quite that's that's not a very nice way of comparing it but no no
1: i think like this also um goes again goes back to the the first question that you asked about the um about the main question of the podcast series i guess you know like what um what is the what is the role of Renaissance poetry? Um so, sorry I'm I'm misquoting it right now, but you know how um what, what what does it mean? What does Renaissance poetry mean for contemporary poets right now? When this is um almost like a responsibility, you know, the staring up at me, like you said, you know, like like a dog or a child that they, they stare up at you. They want something from you. So you know this this history this this, re, this Renaissance poet is is staring you know their their words are staring up at you what are we going to do with that now? That's
0: in, it's interesting, isn't it? That like, you know that, that tradition. I guess I would have assumed is like a um, a supportive thing, and it is a supportive thing, but it's also yeah uh, a, a an instruction. Yeah. Um, well, should we, should we have a look at these last six lines and see what, what we can do with those? Do you want to read the last six out again? And we um, can... Yeah,
1: of course. Um, we say home truths because her words can be at home anywhere, at the source, at the end and whenever. The book lies open and I am again an Irish poet watching an English woman become an American poet.
0: So I guess I'm just drawn to the very last two lines, because Mm -hmm. get that repetition of become from the title. Yeah. And, and when you when you read it, it really made me just focus on those three statements, an Irish poet, watching an English woman, becoming an American poet.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, there is there are, um, there's a lot to unpack here. I think um, the, the the line I'm drawn to is also the, the line where she says uh, because the words can be at home anywhere, at the source, at the end, and whenever. And I think this is also what this poem is trying to capture as well. I mean, if the source is Andrea Street, writing it in 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 America, um, if the if the end is the is the readers you know right reading it right now I, I don't know you know these are these are my guesses and, and whenever um, you know the, the the poet writes it at another time and here we are reading it or does whenever refer to a, a time of the day you know but you know again I think comes back on the stage here again you know whenever you read it it again happens happens um, and it like explains this this the circle of experience of writing and sending out your work and then, then reading it um, quite beautifully, I think
0: well, I mean so, so yeah, so I I'd sort of put that that become on the table, but I think you you're right to sort of emphasize that again is a repeated word. Um, and i just I guess I'm just keep trying to think, well, what do we mean by tradition? What do we mean by living tradition or something like that? And maybe again maybe we're getting another definition of what that tradition is, that it's something that happens again and mm-hmm. again and again and again. Whenever the book lies open, it happens. That's what a tradition is. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes when the book lies but, open. But, but and then
1: in that one, um, it's, it's a living one. Yeah.
0: Because it has that power to stare up at you.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly.
0: If, yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, and that's kind of, I, I, I don't know what I'd back that up with, but that, that feels true that, like, you know, some books don't stare back at you They don't um, impel you to read. Um, I'm just looking at the books in my room. I've got plenty of books (laughs) that don't stare back at me, instructing me to write poems, but there's some that do. Um, Where where was I? Yeah, that word again, um, repeating yourself and repeating that experience of discovery.
1: And and I, I suppose um, becoming again is something that we should talk about here. An Irish poet uh, watching an English woman become an American poet. It's um of course we have uh, sort of some sort uh, because this is this is one of the brilliancies, of course, of uh, the the poetry of Ivan Boland writing about um, being being a woman, being a big an Irish woman. Um, that is one of her of course major. Uh, major themes in um, famous poems such as um, "An Irish Childhood in England, 1951," um, and she is also, of course, um, paying attention to um, and Bradstreet as as an English woman becoming an American poet as well. And, and it's a process; it, it is yeah. given us as as a process.
0: Yeah, and and, and that's interesting. That sort of the interesting part for her is that she's an English woman becoming an American poet. Yeah, it isn't. Oh, right, there's this, there's this poet, that's great. But what's interesting for her is an English woman becoming an American poet. Um, and I mean, maybe, is this, is this what being an Irish poet means or an Irish woman poet means for, 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 for Evan Boland? That um, it's, a, are you always in this state of transition between a woman and a poet? Or are those two stable things? Uh, that are, you know, do you stop being a woman, start being a poet? No, of course not. Um, I feel like I'm getting myself a little bit caught up in this, but I'm not no, sure. No, no but, without, oh, yeah, but. saying, saying anything. <laughs>
1: um, no, no, that's, I think, um, that, that very well um, explains also one thing about um, discussions around Anne Bradstreet and Ivan Bolan as well, you know, what are the lines that are separating private and public you know of course we've been discussing these things in relation to you know humanity theories and political theories and so on but also what it means to become uh, you know a a woman poet an irish woman poet are you gonna how much of those things about yourself that you're going to be exposing and working on with in your poetry and Ivan Boland is um, celebrated for bringing those two together in in an excellent way and um, And if if I'm not wrong, please correct me if I'm not wrong, but that is one of the arguments by Adrienne Rich about Anne Street as well in that, you know, um, how her earlier poems are rather more impersonal, but then it it becomes more and more personal. Yeah. As as the time goes. And and here this is um we are it's almost like we're watching here with these last lines a very intimate moment mm. here to, to, to poets from very different uh timelines, very different uh countries, very different uh experiences are, are connecting.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I like that I like that intimacy and I think that's that it that maybe that's that almost I want to go back through the poem now and sort of think about where do we see intimacy elsewhere in the poem and you know that this idea of taking down a book that feels like quite an intimate experience but that idea of opening a door you know that seems to be right in the middle of the poem I don't know if it's literally in the middle or not but um I think actually is I think it's right in the middle of the poem um but this moment of opening out um Maybe that's one of the, you know, that's maybe that's a question that the poem's posing is about the relationship between, um, you know, that intimacy and the and the openness. Now, I I feel like I do want to sort of push us towards a bit of a conclusion soon, but maybe one more thing I just want to bring in before moving on um, is 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 just that idea of um, what kind of a poet is being defined here, because Adrienne Rich. Uh, we, we, we an essay we've talked about a little bit in this um, podcast already. Um, she wrote an essay in 1966 uh, about Anne Bradstreet, really okay. sort of saying what an amazing first she was, and that's one of the real thrusts of her essay, isn't it? Like that she was the first woman to do this, first woman to do that, which is great. Um, but in a later later revisions to that essay, she really sort of realised that uh, you know. The first white woman poet and Bradstreet in America um, is really not the same thing as the first uh, black woman poet, um, which would go to. And that would probably be Phyllis Wheatley. Um, The way the way those two groups of people have been silenced historically are are really, 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 really different. Um, Now, one of the ways I guess. We need to think about this as well. Is is just having Evan Boland's Irishness put into it as well? We're not just reading a, a white woman poet, but it is this exceptionally patriarchal tradition um, that she's working against, or or trying to build her own identity as a poet out of. Um, I mean, what do, what do you think about that, Shima? Do you have any any follow on comments on what I've said there?
1: Um, I mean, I um, I I completely. Of course, I agree with you, Daesh. Um, There are some um, big, um, in in Ivan Bolan's own essay. She was um, she was questioning that herself as well. In that, you know, why um, she she's telling us about her own experience of uh, exploring Andress Street for the first time, and she herself is questioning, how come? Uh, I find uh, I find her interesting. How, what, what do I find?" In hers, um, she's sort of there uh, combining and Bread Street's uh, sorry, uh, comparing and Bread Street's experience of going to a new world, um, while Ivan uh, Bolan herself is in in Ireland, in, um, in 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 a period in a very important uh, historical changes in I- Irish history in the 1960s, um, and she's um, questioning, you know, how how she finds that connection. There herself, and of course, Ivan Boland knows uh, what it feels like moving, changing countries a lot as well, mm-hmm. and ch- changing continents. So there is that migration idea that is um, combining perhaps the experiences. But I, but I feel like you know that is also the unanswered question by the by Ivan Boland as well. In that you know, um, looking just at even the titles of the books, you know, becoming Empress um, Street or finding. Anne Bradstreet you know that have you found it or what have you found that is I think that is that is these are the questions that she is she herself is trying to find answers for in both of you know both this poem and in in the essay
0: yeah yeah and I think yeah maybe we should see uh, though yeah the essay is called Finding Anne Bradstreet it's not called I Found Anne Bradstreet yes the the poem is called Becoming Anne Bradstreet it's not it's not called I Became Anne Bradstreet yes um and you maybe those those ideas of um of searching and becoming are actually really useful and and i mean when i i i i did a little bit of looking into Adrienne Rich just just to have a sense of comparison for this and like when she writes about uh, sources she's got uh, one long poem from the early 80s called sources it's it's it all seems quite a lot more complicated than what uh, boland is saying here but i think if we if we stick with that idea of finding and becoming, uh-huh. that, that allows that level of uh, complexity, should we say, or that, that idea of um, commitment to, to persist, that it isn't a simple gesture to, to find or become someone else, of course not, or to write in the way that, um, you know, someone else is writing. So, I, I, I mean, it feels like we've got a lot, a lot to say there, and it's really interesting. I'm really amazed how much reading these two poems side by side I feel like they both benefit so much I don't know if that's just me
1: no no definitely definitely it's um it's it's as if we are especially the the, the ending lines there the an Irish poet watching an English woman become an American poet it's like now we are also watching Ivan Bolan reading uh, and Red Street too and it's um it, it's like, I feel like as a reader, I sort of feel like I am um, secretly peeking through this very intimate experience in, in the lives of these two, two, two poets who are also connected to one another.
0: So I think that idea of secretly peeking, I think that brings up that idea of, you, you you know, you talked about the secret, I think, at the start of the Anne Bradley one, and maybe that's that's the idea we should... We should wrap up with because I think we've actually that question that we're trying to answer about um, what the modern poets get from Renaissance texts. Yeah, I think that's kind of so constantly part of Berlin's text. We don't need to kind of use that as a conclusion. You know, it's so clear that she she's. Um, you know, invited and supported in becoming an Irish poet, Irish woman poet, by this older text—is um, that unique to Renaissance texts? Well, maybe we need to go and read a bit more Boland to to really make an account of that. But it seems like there's something very important going on with uh, the 17th century for Boland, um, and I'm I'm just delighted with the the help I've had from you, Shima, to to understand this a lot better than I would have done on my own.
1: Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. I um, yeah, this has been um, quite 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 an experience for me as, a, as as a reader as well, and you know to to talk about to have the chance to talk about um, this with you. I also quite like that you know you you started the discussion with a question, and Ivan Bolan um, almost like she has given us more question marks because it's a we, we it's. I think one of the things I learned about reading Ivan Boland's work is that um, she she's after the same questions as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we've got so, we've got some we've got some answers, some and but plenty more question marks as well. Yeah. So, thank you very much, Shima. Thank you, anyone who happens to be listening to this. Um, hopefully, we will come back soon with more interesting poetry on whatever the name of the podcast is on not knowing about poetry that's where you will find us okay thanks everyone
1: thanks everyone